That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Premier League's game of the weekend is not on the weekend. Arsenal will travel to Manchester United, play them at Old Trafford, but on Monday afternoon, 3 p.m., that'll be the last of the games that we talk about, but it is uh, the most enticing matchup of the weekend. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 200. Uh, we a little self-indulgent of us. It was a little bit of a long one. We, yeah. hope, uh, hope we just talked through it all. We just talked about our favorite memories of football growing up. And, Some like, were enjoyable memories. Yeah. Most of them weren't. Just mostly the Andrew and Alex. Just <laughs> constant rants. Hey, man. Sorry you guys had to hear all that. You know, it's... I, I tried not. to keep some sanity in there. There's a know. lot of you out there that aren't fans of great teams. So, you know, and it's Javier, it's a charity job that I like to do for you guys with the, who are the fans of teams that don't win anything significant. You know, I want to give hey, you guys an insight. we won three insight. FA Cups in four years. In, that's that's, very, oh, yeah. that's significant. You know what? Like, come on, man. Congratulations. I'm, that, I'm so proud, happy for you. Those are some, some trophies. Like, Tottenham would kill for that, you know? You're right. You're right. Tottenham would kill. For Wolves that. and some of these other teams would uh, would absolutely kill for that. So, yeah, United would absolutely kill for three FA Cups. But yeah, it's, no, what, they would what? not kill that. No, don't don't go that far. Yeah, you're trolling. Okay, <laughs> they yeah. would not kill for three FA Cups. You're right. You're right. They won your that would be three underachieving seasons to so most. They, won, they won the FA Cup under Van Gaal, right? Yeah. They okay. Did. So yeah, they've they've had, they've had some trophies. Um, they won the Carling Cup recently. They're yeah. I don't. Why did they put? Speaking of United, why did they put that that game on Monday? Like that really makes me butter because we all have work. Like they could have. There's literally only Leicester Newcastle on Sunday. Well, I'm sure they have to guarantee like a certain level of game in the TV deal with Sky. On Mondays, you mean? That yeah. like if they're going to agree to, I guess, broadcast things on Friday nights and Monday nights, like some of those games, usually not most of them, because I feel like most of the time it is like Bournemouth, Southampton, like it was last Friday. Right. Like if it's not one of those games, then they have to have a, they have to throw them a couple bones for those nights. Otherwise, who's going to watch Monday Night Football? Sure, but there's like seven or eight no eight games on saturday they could have had like one or two of yeah. those on sunday it just feels like probably got something to do with the european schedules yeah things like that yeah yeah i mean i'm sure there's a reason that they did it but yeah the schedule in this weekend isn't great to if you want to watch a lot of games um also yeah. not the first time that they've just gotten scheduling like blatantly wrong in our eyes i feel like that's a pretty common theme of the last thankfully though years. Uh, friend of the pod, Chris, uh, got us the uh, NBC Gold subscription, so we can uh, we can go back and watch rewatch matches. If I feel like I'm the only one using that right now, though. Like I've, I've gone back to watch matches like pretty much every week. I may have I'm, to. I may have to. Now I've never weekend. met with any resistance of like, oh, the account is being used or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just always able to use it. So maybe our timing is just like perfect right. that we're using it at different times. But I digress. If you're noticing a uh, difference in the sound quality this week, that's because we are recording uh, in person, not uh, remote like we usually do. I was over at Javier's place to hang out, and we just decided 
kill two birds with one stone, record a pod in person. So uh, we've got a still a decent weekend of Premier League fixtures to preview. We've got Sheffield hosting Liverpool uh, to start the weekend off, 7.30 on Saturday morning. Liverpool are, of course, coming off that uh, gritty win at Stamford Bridge, looking to keep their start to the season perfect. I wouldn't go as far as to say that this is a trap game, though I do like Sheffield and their start to the season. Most people Just because do. they got a draw at home against you doesn't mean they're going to do it against any of their top six clubs. Well, no, they got, sure. draw, they got a draw at Stamford Bridge, at and then, Stanford Bridge, and then right. they beat Everton at Goodison Park last week. That's, yeah, that so they've, they've, they've had a good start compared to what people's expectations yeah, were. Yeah, they're away for them. They're unbeaten away. Uh, I don't. I don't know. They I, are no. They're unbeaten away. Yeah, yeah. Because they drew with Bournemouth in the first yeah, day. They haven't the lost. They haven't lost away. Their away form is actually better than their home form. Which, if you're a team that's not trying to get relegated, that is probably something really good because you'll eventually short your home form out. You know, more or less. But you'd like to think so. And they've already got one of the hardest away games in Chelsea out of out of them. That's not. That was probably the easiest of the top six away games. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're probably looking at it like, okay, well, we have a lot harder fixtures to come. You know. Oh, I think home Liverpool will be much harder for them than away Chelsea was. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be really hard for them to keep out like, you know, Liverpool from scoring three or four goals. And I could see Sheffield getting like a goal, but they're not scoring two or three on this Liverpool team. And yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't see almost any way that Sheffield gets anything out of this. So the one thing that you'd think could work in their favor if they're able to get like the the overall balance down is Sheffield do love to attack those like ha- the half spaces like just inside of being out wide uh, with not just the overlapping center backs but the wing backs and also whoever's playing like the outside forwards if they're playing like a 3-4-3 three, three. Uh, so they, they throw a bunch of players into those areas and uh, I mean one thing I noticed about Liverpool last week when Chelsea were able to get at them was that it was down Trent Alexander-Arnold's uh, wing because he's obviously a fullback that likes to get forward and he's not just a machine like uh, Andy Robertson is who's just able to right. track who back can, can at the same pace for 90 minutes straight yeah. and he just never gets tired. He's like N'Golo Kante playing at left back. It's crazy yeah, to watch. Yeah, he's amazing. He's, and he's it's honestly, it's not player. even a slight on Trent Alexander-Arnold that that's like Trent's the really one young. kind he of He might weakness. turn out to right. be like that. But he could absolutely develop into just like a small years old, defensively right? so. and able to track back every time just like that. But right now, that's probably the only even like hint of a chink in his armor yeah. that you could find with Liverpool. And so, is Enda Stevens, the Irish wingback, able to attack them like he was with Chelsea? So. I don't think so McGoldrick either. Goldrick. It's just the one scenario I can come up with yeah, where McBride they have something. or McBurney, Oliver McBurney. I mean, I could see them causing some trouble to Liverpool. They've uh, they've right, been pretty chances. prolific this year. Like in terms of like they've been getting goals in games, they haven't really been shut out. So I don't know. They're not as defensive as uh as like previous iterations of Sheffield United when they were uh, in the league in the late two thousands that were they were like a defensive team and it took them a while to come back up, but it looks like they're definitely, you know, dead set on on trying to stay up and they're not they're not gonna give up no matter who they're playing against. So think- I'm really curious to see like how they do if they can hold their own and don't just get blown away. Because if they if they somehow make this a close game, even if they lose like two nil or two that, one. Or like three I mean, one. Two one or three one, I think that's like respectable enough where sure. I'll be like But if they go and lose five nil, which could definitely happen, they could go get trounced by Liverpool, then you're going to think, okay, that's probably more realistic to like what the level of the team really is at. So I'm really curious to see where it goes. Well, here's my theory on Sheffield. Uh, I could be wrong, but th- this sounds right in my head. 
Sheffield are kind of a curveball when you first play them. They're, they don't play a system on, uh, like any other team. Yeah, that could definitely be. It's not a base 4-3-3 with just basic but like every triangles. game, you're going to have film more film, and you're going to be able to like... Also, what, just pl- by playing them once play already, them. you play them a second time later in the season, right. you, you, you even have a, you have a more basic understanding of what players are making what runs into what areas. And you've obviously watched them, like you said, more on film and stuff. But that film's all been there for the last year, but there's nothing like playing against a team first. I, got, I definitely got that sense with Chelsea, and I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea went and beat them by a ton in the second game, and if they had a really tough. That kind of happened with Cardiff last year. Like the first time you played Cardiff, they were kind of hard to play, and the right, second they punched time you, you in the mouth. Them away. They, they, they just punched everyone in the mouth the right. first like 10, 20 minutes. Tried to get something, and then went from there. And if they were losing, they shut up shop and wait, waited for the next game. But yeah, so we both feel pretty good about uh, Liverpool going to Sheffield and getting the win, though uh, the different kind of matchup. Obviously, could be a factor in making it a slightly difficult day uh, from for Liverpool away from home, uh, but that's going to be an interesting one to wake up to on Saturday morning. Uh, let's move to the 10 a.m. games, which I am personally very excited for because it presents Chelsea's uh, next best opportunity to get their first home league win of the season. When uh, Chelsea will play Brighton Saturday at 10 a.m., there was a nice little 7-1 win for Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, the second cup competition. Uh, the the first round of games in that uh, a lot beat, of a lot of your young players came Grimsby. back. Grimsby, yeah, we had returns for Callum Hudson Odoi and Reese James. They both got goals and assists and played pretty well overall and shook the rust off. Uh, but it's probably back to I'm hoping the three four three for this Brighton game because uh, so far this season I've noticed Graham Potter, uh, even though he is trying to play the more attacking philosophy at Brighton, he's trying he's doing the same thing that Frank's basically attempted. The last couple of league games, I think Brighton definitely looked better this year. Yeah, but he's he he knows that Brighton are a good low block defensive team, but to move them into that like more attacking phase uh, for the majority of their game time, he needs to shore up the back a little bit by adding that third defender. And they have like a nice staple of like stable of four center backs. I want to say like Duffy, Dunn, Burns, Dan Burns, who I think they brought in, and uh, Webster, who they brought in in the summer also. And they pick whatever three of them are most fit and in form, and they can all sort of interchange in those back three positions. And it frees up the wingbacks to get forward. And they're, they're, they haven't had the the best start to the season since that 3-0 win against Watford. They haven't won since then. But uh, there's still a threat. And I, I feel like it's Defensively, be, they've still been good. It's still been really hard yeah. to break them down. But, they, but they, the goals have kind of dried up for them too. Uh, I think Malpai has one or two since that opening day goal he scored, the uh, summer signing of theirs. They sold Florinendone to Galatasaray. Uh, Murray is aging, but probably still a threat at this early point in the season. Um, There's a lot of questions uh, for Chelsea going into this game about whether we're a solid bet to get the win. I happen to think we are. I'm personally in the NBC Sports Predictor app that we do every week, the 50K uh, bet, basically. I put three one Chelsea. I'm 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 feeling good about yeah, us. I, I while I agree with you that there's a uh, there's a good chance you guys are going to get this win. I mean I, I I do like kind of the odds of maybe a slip up here just because Chelsea haven't been great at home this year. Um, you guys have slipped up a lot and it doesn't feel like Stamford Bridge is going to be a fortress this year. I feel like every team's going to go there and think they have a chance against Chelsea, especially because of how leaky your back line has been. And that'll probably lead them to being a, a little bit more adventurous than most teams are away from home. And I think that may bring Chelsea into a lot of shootouts, a lot of 3-2s, 3-1s, you know, 
just a lot of a lot of goals in Chelsea home games. Um, you know, for the opposition and for Chelsea. So I I, I kind of think there could be like a three two or like a two two here. Um, you know, it's I I think there's going to be goals. I don't think it's going to be like a boring game at all. And it seems to be the solid bet with Chelsea this year. Bet on goals. <laughs> um, and Tammy, Tammy's. I mean, he didn't do amazing. He did pretty. He didn't do great against Liverpool. I mean, he had, he had chances. He just didn't put them away. Right. It, it was a it was a higher uh, intensity of game, which but you can you, know, you can see that the guy he's he's yeah, really I mean, threatening. The, the timing of the run that he made in behind for that one v one he got with Adrian that he did put directly at Adrian, so not a great finish. But the run to set that up was, dare I say, Murata esque. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to start comparing him right too soon. <laughs> you know, th- th- there's some promise there, but he it's does weird, have to start It's weird not it not seeing Chelsea with like any like divers in their team. Like like David Luiz is kind of a flopper. Yeah. Uh, like Morata. I'm trying to think that Marcus William, Alonso. William, William's pretty. Yeah. Marcus Alonso flops a good amount. Right. Yeah. So I mean, so it's, Alonso it's will be weird, starting. It's weird not seeing a bunch of the the floppers on Chelsea as usual. Yeah, I guess Alonso's made his way back into the team. He hasn't looked too bad coming back in. Right. I, I did want to say I was kind of surprised. I was really worried last weekend when uh, Emerson. I've always injured. been a fan of him, by the way. You're you have not been as convinced in the last year, but I've always thought that he well, should no, be I starting mean, for you guys. The, the basic uh, idea of Marcus Alonso is that he's a good left wing back. And a liability if you're playing him at left. I think he's an excellent left wing back. Yeah, and I I think the whole reason he used to be like nailed down in fantasy. You had to have him like for like a couple of years there. Yeah, so I think you're doing him a little bit of a disservice. Maybe not. Maybe not the whole reason, but half of the reason. Frank switched to the three at the back for that Wolves game uh, for the first time, and then again, I think for the Champions League game, and, and got away from it in the in the Liverpool home game this past weekend. Because half of it was Marcus Alonso coming in at left back. It's probably not the best idea with a leaky back line to introduce a bigger liability at left back than Emerson. How do you how do you make up for that? You add in a center back, a position that we're pretty deep at. If you look if you look at our whole squad, we're deep at center midfield and center back. We've got plenty of players that can rotate into those positions. Especially center back. You so just play three of them. Just play Tamori to sit right behind ones. Marcus Alonso and use his pace to cover for any of Alonso's deficiencies, which he did excellently in a back four uh, against Liverpool. But I was worried when he came into that Liverpool game that he would be forced to play in that back four and would be kind of found out. As a result, but Tomori was so excellent that he kind of shielded Alonso really well. So yeah, surprisingly, Tomori even against Liverpool was was very very good. And I didn't see Salah like get gonna the be, best he, of him. Like he at was, all. yeah, he really shut down Salah, and he's got rested in the midweek, which kind of looks like he's nail on to start now for Chelsea. Which is, if I'm a Chelsea fan, that's that's pretty exciting because. They've been singing his praises for the last you know year or so, saying this kid's going to be, uh, be a still, stud. And uh, to get into the first team this quickly, I'm sure it's a dream for him. And like, it, this I think is what might be overestimating what, him because compared to the rest of the, the the academy and loan players, he's been kind of like undervalued. Where people knew he was at Derby, but when they were tuning in to watch Derby, it was for Frank Lampard. Well, you guys kept him out. at the club instead of Ampadu, so you're basically saying that like yeah. Tamori's better than Ampadu. Well, I think Frank has a pretty big, pretty significant. Uh, a decision uh, there that it's mostly his decision because and he's obviously coached Tamori for the whole past year. Like I mean, you would have like thought him. that Ampadu would have been someone who would, they would have wanted to stay this year and like have played him in the team. But it's interesting that he's putting this much faith in Tamori this early on and benching people like Christensen. Um, and Ampadu, to be fair, is a fair bit younger than Tamori. He's like two years younger. He's like nineteen, and Tamori's twenty-one. 
Oh, okay. I so thought Tamori was uh, like 19 or 20 as well. No, he's 21. 21, okay. So, okay. yeah, I mean... So he's like he, a Ron, he's Ron been, Holdings age. Though. I don't want to say like a revelation, but in three or four games, he's showing great signs so far. So That's uh, why he's probably physically a little bit bigger than... Uh, then I, I thought he was a little bit younger, so and, that, and, that makes sense. And as I mentioned earlier, it definitely allows Chelsea to uh, play Marcus Alonso with a, a little less risk than, Do, uh, than they had last you're year. You're at home against Brighton. Cho or Reese James make an appearance in this game? Maybe off the bench. Hudson Odoi might, might make an appearance off the bench. I would be even be interested to see if Frank shifts Aspilicueta back into the three at the back. Oh, in the that'd right be interesting, dude. And plays Reese James as the right pretty back. Good. But like, you're you like these ideas. We got yeah. possibilities all yeah, over the park out here. It's that an would, interesting that's team. That's pretty good. That you would can be tinker around with that and move players. Guys. We've got obviously got N'Golo Kante is back fit for. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's big for you guys as well. Uh, hopefully, um, Rudiger soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's and, it, and and you know, you had players like you know Pedro, William, Barkley, you know, getting goals today, and I'm guessing that that that's it, it can only help the team. Mishi getting a couple can only help the team. To be fair, competitive Grimsby. nature. Yeah, it was Grimsby, but that still helps the players think that they're you know adding to the to the to the you know to the sum of every of of the whole and. It, it, it's good as a team to get everyone going and everyone on the same page and playing in the same system and getting game time, scoring goals, because it's not happening for every team. United drew with Colchester United and Tottenham. We're going to get to Drew and lost with... Uh, <laughs> that, that, my, biggest, my biggest gripe and probably the biggest reason why I'm more optimistic about Chelsea this season at this current stage than I am about either Tottenham or United is that those teams are boring to watch right now. <laughs> It's just, have you been like maybe maybe the Leicester game, but uh, Leicester were like the exciting team in that Leicester Tottenham game. I feel yeah, like and I mean when part. when Tottenham came to the, the Emirates, I mean they had like a few good chances, but they scored off of two like stupid errors from us. They've they weren't been, like an exciting team. They they've not like, been the same energetic like no, high tempo Tottenham that Pochettino has had before. Uh, they're going to be hosting Southampton. They're, they're definitely in a slump. <laughs> Do we uh we have to give a prediction for this one? I guess because it is an NBC Sports predictor bets. So, yeah, I uh, think I think it's going to be an easy win for them. I think they're going to get back on track. Um, I don't even think that gets them back on track though. We just saw them beat uh, Crystal Palace four 0 at home. They've beaten Aston Villa three one at home after being behind for most of the game and they just blitzing them in the last ten minutes. I, I agree with you. They should beat Southampton at home, and even if it is by three or four nil, I'm not expecting them to then just have turned over a new leaf and be amazing going right into that Bayern Munich game in midweek. So, I mean, even if they do get the big win here, I'm not fully sold that Tottenham have, like, resurrected their form or something. Yeah, I think, I think they win. something wrong there right I think now. they win 3-0. Um, they usually get the best of Southampton. So. At home, especially. Yeah, especially yeah. at home. So, I think um, Poch is going to have them, you know, wanting to shut the critics up. And usually, he's done pretty well in these types of situations when their backs have been against the wall. And also you don't keep Son quiet two games in a row. He didn't score sure. in the last game. He's probably going to score in this game. Um, I think he's the best player Tottenham have. And I think Erickson won't be on the bench either. So you, you keep, I feel like every time we talk about Tottenham, you always go, I think Son's the best player at Tottenham. Yeah. I just want it to be like, on, you, on, on record yeah, for that when eventually record, it comes I mean, out, people honestly, will realize it's true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one day. I feel like if I keep saying it, maybe one day everyone will. Uh, yeah, the agree Trump with me. method. Come on, man. Yeah, no, the Lavar Ball method. Yeah, well. Speak it into existence. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to probably the second tastiest game of the weekend: uh, Everton hosting Manchester City uh, Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. The late 
kickoff of the day. So I get it. Manchester City, you know, they just destroyed Watford 8-0. Uh, Everton aren't exactly playing well right now. They just lost a home to Sheffield United. All arrows point towards Manchester City continuing their good form and, uh, and winning away at Everton. But this ground has been kind of a difficult one for them. I know they, I think they won 2-0 last year, and it was a tight game um, in, the, in the run into the season. And they were one of the last like top six teams to go to Everton and get a good results. Uh, Liverpool drew... Arsenal, Chelsea, United, all lost at Everton, kind of yeah. embarrassingly. Yeah. Uh, so it, you, you like to think maybe it's being kind of overblown as, a, as an away result, uh, as an away fixture for Manchester City is a difficult place to play. But they just lost at Norwich when all arrows plus maybe some more were pointing towards Manchester City so should just uh, sweep Norwich to the side. It's true. They were, it's, it was it's, supposed to be like the worst defense in the league versus the best offense in the league. A ton and, of injuries to Norwich. and they right. just it, They were supposed to lose 6-0. They wrote that atmosphere and the energy that it gave them to a win, almost like a Liverpool team would do at Anfield. And... I don't know. I just I wonder if Everton, if Goodison Park is absolutely. Raucous. I don't think they're going to get blown away. I have yeah. uh, I have a three-one win for City, but I don't think Everton are going to like provide as little threat as Watford did. And I think that especially at home, it's going to be a completely different fixture to like what happened in that City Watford game. I don't think that they're going to get like you know go down one nil in the first minute and then concede a penalty two minutes. Like it, what happened in that last game, guys, was be kind careful. of a freak. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but the Everton have been pretty solid defensively. I know that they, you said they lost against Sheffield. That's got to be on weighing on their minds defensively. They're they're probably going to try and get that part of their game down this week. You know, knowing that the City team just put eight past a Watford side that are not not terrible. You know, and they got to an they're, FA Cup they're, final. They're pretty last terrible year. right now. Right now they're fair. pretty terrible, but they got to an FA Cup final last year, and you know we're pushing until the last few fixtures for that uh, that last Europa League spot. So it's interesting because I think City right now have like a glut now of attacking players that are all in form. Bernardo Silva got a hat trick. Mares got a couple of goals. De Bruyne's purring. Sterling scoring a bunch of goals. Aguero scoring goals. Everyone's scoring goals. Everyone's yeah. scoring goals. So that's not where people are concerned. So yeah, I mean, so Pep has a freaking problem on his hands, you know. And Mendy's back. Sinchenko. I mean, it's a great problem to have, but yeah, yeah but, I don't. But at the same time, it's kind of risky. It's a problem. It's. I mean, it's not really a problem. It's like it's. It's a question of which uh, mixture of attacking players should he use for this specific uh, right. matchup. It, it's more the the problem is more at the back, and it seems, but from the these last couple of games, like Fernandinho Otamendi so far is the answer with these. I mean, two on injuries. paper, you you'd think that those two playing center back would be disastrous, but you never know in a pep system. Yeah, in a pep system, it's just like. And Rodri is probably a bit, being a bit more conservative, sitting in a little bit more right. rather than bombing forward, being a bit more of a, 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 a pass defensive picker shield, and, yeah, and shield, yeah. So almost like a sweeper. Like Pep is so he's so smart. You know that he's, he's just yeah he's coaching the shit out of these guys. He's got very common sense answers to very uh, like glaring problems in a squad, and he has the resources to do something. And, you know, maybe Everton get at them uh, a little bit, but. I wouldn't pick Everton to score more than once in this game. The, the they don't have enough yeah. ball winners. To I, I, I almost ball. went four one City, but I, I think because they're away from home. Um, if this was home City against Everton, I would say four one. But I think the away factor will make it a slightly closer game. So three one, three one, big difference. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, let's move on to there is a game Sunday that we're going to just hit on real quick because it is part of the NBC Sports Predictor app picks of this week. Uh, Leicester will host Newcastle in the lone game on Sunday. I believe it's at 1130. One of my big problems with Leicester last season, even though they had much of the same squad, obviously didn't have Brendan Rodgers for much of the season, but before Rodgers arrived, they were drawing a lot of games at home with teams that were clearly worse than them. Yeah, there were games like this where last year we thought, oh, they should should win two or three nil, and then one 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 or nil nil, yeah. And (laughs) this could be a nil nil. This could be a nil nil if if Madison is out. I think they could struggle offensively, like creative, creatively. Well, he he's, he's he has an ankle injury, so they. I think right now it's still it's still in the air. It hasn't yeah. come out yet. We'll probably and know tomorrow. Even then, I don't trust Newcastle in a game like this. I think Newcastle have been slightly better than we thought they were going to be. Under no, no, Steve Bruce. I, I, I agree. Give them some credit. They've been tough I, to beat wherever they've gone. They've been getting. I agree, some goals. but I think like the the one they result, decent stuff. Actually, the one result with. Tottenham, as impressive as that was uh, at the time, I, I feel like the uh, the atmosphere around that game and just sort of it's like, gone the, now. The, well, no, the game like when you're going to play a top six team or a top four team away from home, a team that just went to the Champions League final, uh, it, it's it's a big game for Newcastle. You know, certain teams get their energy together and focus in on uh, one game like that, one ninety minute spell. I don't think Leicester away it should have that kind of difficulty. Uh, attached to it as like a Tottenham away or a I think Chelsea they'll look at it and think they can go get a draw there. Yeah, maybe, but I just don't think it's the same sort of like grandiose experience of like, oh, okay, batten down the hatches. We have to go to Leicester and get a result. Teams still probably think of Leicester as, yeah, we can get at them. We can probably get a result out of this. But, and, the, but the way Leicester have been playing this year, their possession style, I think it's suited now like to the point where they should be just demolishing teams like this, you know, when they have 65, 70% possession, like they've been having against even better teams. Like against Chelsea, they ended up the game with more possession. 55. Right. Yeah. But during the first half, they had like 70% possession or something. I think Chelsea came back in the second half. Um, no, no, no. It was the opposite. Or sorry, it was the opposite. It was the opposite. It was the opposite, yeah. But it was, it was impressive that they ended the game um, with more possession. And to me, it's, uh, it's, it's good coaching. The way that they play, the way that they press, the way that they play in possession, especially because there's players like Sionichu and Evans, their their center backs, who at the beginning of the season we were looking at that and saying, geez, like Leicester gonna be able to like do this like defensively, like they didn't really replace Maguire and they played so, perfectly. just come in and, and been absolutely seamless and, and and the way they signed him a year ago and sort of gave him a few chances here and there last season, never really playing him all the time, but just allowing him to adapt culturally to a new league and a new country while getting football like sparingly when Maguire left all of us including us here at this podcast were thinking all right who are they going to go sign and when they got quoted ridiculous prices for like Nathan Ake and players like that they said you know what we're fine with Seongshu we've properly adapted into the squad we feel like he's ready to go and he's been he's been excellent apart from a penalty he gave away at United uh but yeah what are you going to pick for this game I, I feel like have, You're picking uh, what it should be, but there's a very good chance that Leicester let us down. Again. Yeah, I have two nil Leicester over Newcastle, but this could be like a nil nil or a one one. Right, and you're just, we're walking away like, God damn it, Leicester! Like you're still not ready to top to challenge for the top six. So this this is this is an, an, a show of intent. If they can go here and win pretty easily against a new a good Newcastle side, then yeah, I think it'd be it'd be a show of intent that they uh, they're here to to compete with the big boys this year. 
Speaking of the big boys, we've talked about all of them already. So uh, let's talk about some of the little boys. No, uh, what the fuck? Manchester United. I thought I was like, oh, good transition, Alex. And then I'm thinking like he turns it into a fucking <laughs> shitting on Arsenal. Like, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What were you saying, Alex? On Monday at 3 p.m., Arsenal, Arsenal are away at United. What do you? You're, you're why feeling, don't you start with us? I, I, no, no, no. You're, you're feeling a little good about yourself. Yeah, aren't a you? little bit. A little bit. We may have discussed this game uh, briefly uh, before uh, we started recording. <laughs> I think Arsenal are going to win at Old Trafford for the first time in a long time. When was the last time? Um, I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah, it says here the last time Arsenal beat United in the league. At Old Trafford was uh, 2006, Javier. Yeah, and it's not great. You, you sound, like, you sound like you're feeling this Arsenal to win bet, and you know it's it's a little tasty. It's yeah. just okay, but every time that this happens, every time that we felt that we should go win at Old Trafford, and like Greenwood is probably going to start, and he's just going to be like a god and get like a brace or a hat trick. Didn't and, a similar game happen where yeah, United it were where United were and injured and Rashford shit, and Rashford was like on his debut and scored, and then last year. At the or a couple years ago at the Emirates, they were also really beaten up. Didn't have a bunch of players, and like Lingard got a brace, and they won three right, one. Right, game. Yeah, we we always have trouble with United when they have like weak and depleted squads. But so, what makes you so certain that Arsenal this time gotta, is it just United's form? Because yeah, it's United's form. They've been dog shit. Because your away form has negativity. not been anything special either. I'm just gonna say it. No, it hasn't. You're right. It's been pretty shit, but. But I just think United right now they're in such a rut and they're they they don't have ha- Rashford they don't have I, they might have Martial um, but he won't be a hundred percent fit and yeah I just think that and I also like uh, this this plus one thousand Arsenal to win at plus one thousand two one exactly like the exact scoreline I just, I think that's that's a pretty good bet if, uh, if if you if you think that United ninety five percent of the time. Arsenal wouldn't go to United and win, but you don't you don't like think, the history as much as I do, Javier. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think I'm, the history plays a big history major god. Yeah, right now. you know it's it's a risk. <laughs> as a man who's gotten my last two bets of the week uh, right because I, of history, I strongly advise you not to do this. <laughs> That's my. So what official, do you think is going to happen? In this? I think it's a draw. I think it's an open and shut case two two. I think it's the most draw. likely result, yeah. but I think that. I think because the United, like Arsenal, are going to concede some goals, um, but defensively we've we've improved the last couple of weeks. Um, if Mustafi starts in this game, though, I don't know what's going to happen. Because <laughs> he's gotten he, two clean sheets, he's gotten two, two starts, clean sheets in two starts, and everyone's Mustafi being back. Like, Mustafi's back. Oh God! Mustafi, David right. Luiz. People are talking about that shit. Mustafi, David Luiz. No, we, dude, that's the worst. Rob Holding. We should start Rob Holding. Tierney and Bayadine are back as well. I don't know if either one of them should start in this game. Um, actually, Bayadine might have to start. Ah, Chambers should start. Chambers has been fucking good in the last few games. He got a goal against uh, in the Villa comeback on one of his like first touches of the game. Very well taken. A very goal very good that. goal and. He got three assists yesterday in the Carabao Cup. Uh, one from left back, where he's moved over to left back when Tierney came off, and then he got two from right back. So the guy's on fire right now, pinging in crosses, looking really good defensively. So I expect him to start at right back this game, which I think can only improve us defensively. And we'll right because Maitland Niles is suspended. Yeah, or was he suspended for cap? No, he was Carabao suspended Cup. midweek. So maybe, but he, I think he, he might be injured. hurt. Yeah. yeah. 
So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but I would like Chambers to start in this game, and I think if he does, we'll we'll definitely improve defensively, and we won't concede like two or three goals against United. I don't think United have that in them. They've looked so they, they have it in them. Just they've looked so boring this year. Here's let me outside let me, of the Chelsea let me, game. Let me play play the case. The, the whole case is built around Pogba being back. He played uh, today in the Carabao Cup. They obviously. Didn't have a great performance. Right. That's their, that's their like, they're, they're but, like he, he's been out for two or three Premier League games now. Clearly, get, getting a little bit of the rust off. It's more of a warm up to get him ready for the important fixtures to come, namely this Arsenal game on Monday night. And I think your biggest weakness right now that's not being talked about enough is that midfield. Is I mean the defense for sure, for sure. As many mistakes as the defenders I hope can Xhaka make, doesn't start they're, here. they're getting no help from the midfield, so they're going to make mistakes anyway. You have to try and protect them somewhat in midfield, and just what Unai, how Unai is setting them up right now and instructing the midfielders to press. It's it's not really done a good job of containing the opposite uh, midfield's best players. It's They've interesting though because games. after the uh, after the Villa win, when they interviewed Unai, he was like pretty negative and was like yeah like it was good spirit but there's so many things we need to work on we're not pressing properly we're he's not right. we're he's not like working defensively right. but i'm glad that he's saying this in the interview like talking about it and saying like we have to improve we're going to keep working on this not just being like ah it was a great comeback for my team and we played well no he was like there's a lot of problems we have to fix this and we're not playing how i want my team to play right now which is good to see from a manager that he could admit mistakes that he could admit that it's all not there and that we have to improve so I, and the last couple of games in cups, we won away at Frankfurt, won you know three nil. Then at the Emirates, we won five nil um, with our second team. And I I talk about this a lot. Just I think that it's important to have the whole team, uh, even your your bat your bench players, to be playing minutes, getting minutes, and playing well in those minutes because it, there's a big difference between your your second team getting you know three nil and five nil wins and drawing games. You know, uh, like barely like Tottenham or United, wins. exactly, or getting barely one year wasn't squeaking by like United have been doing, or winning on penalties. So it's it's makes you think maybe they should be starting the Premier League games. Maybe, maybe, but it, it, it's and and that's why we saw Saka start in the last game, and sadly he had to get taken off, you know, because of the red card. Yeah, that wasn't really his fault. He but again, he was fantastic again in the midweek, and and he's he's a player who I don't know, maybe he maybe he's definitely going to get some minutes at United. And I think right now there's a lot of excitement around this Arsenal team. There's a lot of positivity. Pepe finally got his goal. Aubameyang kick-started Lacazette's career at Arsenal, gave it, gave him his first goal uh, with a penalty like that. Did it with Pepe as well, and the guy leads by example right now. And uh, I, I, I think he's going to get a goal at Old Trafford here, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't think the question is uh, whether United or Arsenal score, which, by the way, leads in perfectly to uh, one of Andrew's uh, bets of the week. Uh, he hasn't quite landed on a uh, definitive uh, lock-it-in bet of the week, but I-, I think he could realistically pick this one. He has the uh, Manchester United-Arsenal uh, score-draw result uh, at plus 310. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's, a pretty that's, good one. that's solid value. Both of these teams are pretty poor defensively or, or make enough mistakes defensively that uh, some of their more attacking players will be able to take advantage, you'd like to think, at least once. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty solid bet. And he's also thrown in a, a quote, flyer, uh, for a penalty to be uh, awarded at any point in the game, at plus 146, place an extra bet on that. Uh, I don't even think that's a flyer. 
I think you I think know it's we, like very like perfect right. mix of teams uh, Arsenal, with very like tricky Arsenal attacking wing, wing, wingers and uh, yeah yeah absolutely United key, are just all they do is try to win penalties they'll be missing one right. of their greatest Daniel weapons. James their flop god no Rashford is their greatest flopper they you have a lot so? of floppers Lingard yeah. Martial's coming back he can, he can Ashley Young he can really throw himself Jesus, to the ground they, Pogba Pogba they yes, have so yeah. many do- that just that's the spine of that team a bunch of pussy ass so, so maybe lock shits. that one in lock lock that we're that gonna expose penalty. them for the frauds they are at Old Trafford on Monday I don't know you got David Luiz uh, give it, and Socrates hey maybe they'll expose us for the frauds we are <laughs> what if they go out and just trounce us like 3-1 then everyone will just be like Arsenal are shit they lost to a garbage I, United I think this game is destined and I'll have to eat my words 2-2 yeah I, I would just maybe it's just gonna be a, a whirl of shit both teams are just garbage defensively and are attacking the entire game and it's end to end probably great for neutrals yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna stick with two one at yeah. plus two one arsenal one thousand at plus one thousand. Is that your best bet of the week? Yeah, that's my that's my else? best bet of the week. I was gonna say the Chelsea Brighton plus three fifty draw, but I'm 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 predicting that as like a three one win for Chelsea. So that's it's a little bit contradictory there, but I think Brighton could surprise people, um, and I think it's possible they could do it could be two two instead of three one, and Brighton get more than one goal because offensively they've been pretty good this year, and Chelsea have been absolute shit defensively. I don't think there's been a game where they've conceded less than two goals in the Premier League this year. Uh, no, no, we've uh, we conceded one to Leicester. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was scored it. one ourselves. One, one draw. Yeah, yeah. Come right. on, man. But uh, you haven't well, kept a clean sheet. This we're not keeping. We're sure. not going to keep a clean sheet anytime soon. So uh, I, I threw away that idea a long time ago. Andrew had another uh, better of the week that you one mentioned. Uh, the Bournemouth West Ham. Uh, it's obviously Bournemouth hosting West Ham. Uh, I believe that's part of the Saturday 10 a.m. slate. He's got uh, over 3.5 goals at plus 126. That's a little riskier to me. Like I, I do get it. Both these teams usually like to play attacking football, so it should be over 3.5 goals. But I feel like that could come back to bite you uh, if the teams are, you know, a little. Tired I don't know if that one's going to be over 3.5 goals. I mean, that, it could be it two could one, be, but I think yeah, it could two be like one, one one. Very realistic. Yeah. Uh, I think the, both of these teams have been focusing a little bit more on their back lines and, and uh, keeping keeping that from being too leaky. This this um, right. They this know year. they know how good they are going forward. Right. So they'll as, probably if they, not, as long as they can probably stay in their goal, shells. Right. They're not going to lose games. Exactly. Which which is fair. Um, so I mean, I know we just shot all over Andrew's bet there, but you know, I don't like that one as I call much. Him, as, I call him like the, I see it. But the Arsenal United draw plus three ten. That's a that's a decent one. I yeah, like that one. And I'm going to go with uh, the most boring bet of all time: Aston Villa and Burnley to draw. Final result plus two thirty. That's like probably one of the most nail on ones. Right, I mean, but I mean, this is Villa been this good is at home. This Burnley week's great version away. of the uh, Newcastle Brighton game last week that ended nil nil. I think I had one one as my this pick one, for that. But, but Burnley been scoring a lot of goals this year. Like Wood and Barnes, Wood got a brace I think in the last game. They're going away to Villa. Villa have been really good at home. Villa are good at home. I feel like it's a one one. Maybe Villa are going to be salty. Maybe a nil nil. That they've uh, they've that they've been they've been in against opposition that have been down to ten men in the last two weeks and they haven't been able to win either of those games. They got a nil nil draw against West Ham and a draw against Arsenal and they probably should have won both from the amount of chances they had. So. Yeah, um, for them, they're they're gonna definitely be trying to get back on track against Burnley here. But yeah, I, I do like them to draw. I do like a draw on this too. So again, that's Aston Villa Burnley plus two thirty to uh, draw. Uh, let's run through your NBC Sports app predictor picks of the week. Sure. One more got, time before uh, we close out. I got Chelsea winning three one. I have Tottenham against uh, Brighton. Against Brighton, I have Tottenham beating Southampton three nil. 
I have Everton losing against Manchester City 3-1. to I have Leicester winning 2-0, and I have United losing to Arsenal 2-1. to So those are the five uh, games that the NBC Sports Predictor app uh, posts uh, for this week, that if you get all five predictions right, then you get $50,000. Just going to mention that out there. I feel like we're doing, yeah, our, I mean, it's, we're doing our it's listeners free. a service it's, by just letting them free. know. It's free. You can just download if you just the app. bullshit. Yeah, just, exactly. It takes like two seconds, and you might just get lucky. Right. And if you do, you probably, you have probably have donate a, a little bit to the pod because we told you. <laughs> So Sponsor just us, throwing please. that out there. Be our sugar daddy. But like, we need more sugar the, daddies. The more of you that put up NBC predictor stuff, like we might be able to like get a, a, a someone on the pod that wins it or like get some sort of money that which would be really cool. And we'll definitely like retweet you and post about it if you do uh, get some sort of the prize. How, how depressing would it be if we sat we sit here every week and we talk about these games and how we think it's going to play out and, and like some listener gets it instead. Some person gets it and when we have them on the podcast, they just go. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I just had a bunch of lottery numbers. I just threw those in as the score predictions. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, uh, oh, man, why, why are we doing this? That's what this feels like sometimes, you know. <laughs> All right, that's, well, that's the beauty of the game, right? No, it's the frustration of the game. Uh, that as well. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for episode 201 of the Ghost Goal podcast. Uh, thanks again, Javier, uh, for having me at your place and doing the pod uh, in person. You can follow us on social media. At JavierRev9 for his Instagram, at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Andrew Passaro on Twitter and Instagram uh, for Andrew, and uh, of course at GhostGoldPod for both Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the games this weekend, and until next time. Bye.